Hi, good morning, everybody. I am so excited to bring you another episode of Beauty and the Deets. And before I introduce to you who I interview on this week's podcast, I just wanted to talk about a little update on some of the skincare products I had mentioned before. So in my last podcast, the skincare review, I talked about the Pixie um, Sun Mist. And you guys, I'm loving it. This weekend, I took my boyfriend for his birthday with two of our really good friends out on their boat. They were very nice to take us. Um, And, you know, I was spending some time in the sun, so I definitely want to be protected and not a burn. It's wonderful. It feels super nice on the skin. It doesn't make me greasy. So that so far is a win. Also, the banana gel moisturizer from Glow Recipe, I'm super loving. It smells like bananas, which is great, especially, again, because you know I love to smell like a beach vacation. So I was all here for it. Um, A new product I want to talk about that goes in line with this week's podcast is Not Your Mother's Beach Babe Dry Shampoo. Uh, first of all, also smells like coconut beach vacation, which is great, but it gives a really good texture, um, especially if you're somebody who's got really soft, soft hair during this quarantine. I've been really babying my hair, so I like a little bit of grit to it, especially for styling purposes and all of that. So I love that dry shampoo. I kind of switch every now and then. My pricier favorite is probably... Kristen S. or Living Proof. Those two are super great. Um, But I really love the Beach Babe. Comes in a giant can. It's great. So anyway, on our podcast this week, I have my friend Dahlia, who I miss so much working with. She is such a good spirit, such a good soul. She's so kind always in a positive mood, never negative about anything. She's wonderful, and I can't wait for you guys to hear what she has to say. So here we go. Thank you for inviting me. So what, um, well, I guess first, obviously we know each other through work, but why don't you go ahead and tell everybody what you do? Okay, hello everyone. Um, my name is Delia Morgan. I am a licensed hairstylist in Davenport, Florida. Um, I specialize mainly in hair color, extensions, and wigs. Yes, girl. Um, I've been watching your stuff since quarantine, and all of this has happened, and your wigs are beautiful. You do so well with those. Um, how did you get into that? Okay, so basically, it was like my senior year in high school, and Mm -hmm. I wanted to try a new look. I wanted to wear extensions, but I didn't like getting them sewn in because I have, like, dry scalp, and, like, I would have to take it out after a week or two. Right. Um, I hated gluing them because I would get a lot of breakage and hair damage, so I figured, how can I do this without the commitment? Um, And I figured wigs. So I went on YouTube and just watched videos, learning how to make wigs. And I was, it started out as a problem for me, so I have to create a solution for it. So when I started, you know, making my own wigs, other people were asking about it, and it just blew up from there. 
I think that's great. You know, I wish I would have found wigs earlier in my life. Um, I was color obsessed. Like, right. And first of all, wigs back then were terrible. They've come such a long way. But I was so obsessed with coloring my hair. I'm sure my mom would have also preferred that I had wigs at a younger yeah. life. I mean, now look yeah. at it. It would have been crazy 15 years ago to wear mm-hmm. a wig. But now, 15-year-olds... Are wearing, ra- are wearing wigs on the regular, like every day they're wearing one. And I'm like, man, like you can get away with so much stuff I would have loved to have done, you know? Yeah, wigs are definitely the new normal right now. So before people would make fun of you for wearing them or they look really bad. But now you can't even tell somebody has a wig on. Um, so. I love your latest blonde bob you did that you just Thank you. lightened. That one looks so good I like that on you um but yeah I agree that now it's like regular if a girl just like ripped a wig off her head you're just like oh okay like that's normal and they do look really good because I remember I'm I'm sure not the only one but you'd see like I you know Kylie changing her Mm -hmm. hair every other week and I'm sitting here thinking damn she just must really have a lot of money to treat her hair really good. And then you find out it's a wig. And I'm like, yeah. I've been fooled. I've been fooled this whole time. Oh, my gosh. I and mean, it's her um, hairstylist, I look up to them so much. Chris Appleton and Tokyo Styles, they're absolutely amazing at what they do. So I mean, yeah. I definitely hope to take a class with them at some point. That would be so, awesome. Do they offer, yeah. like, master classes for through them specifically or in general so i'm not sure about chris appleton because he's always busy like you know kylie's not his only client sure but um tokyo he did have like a wig making class in the past um i haven't seen any recently Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of wig artists out there um i can share some with you if you like that if you want to like look them up yeah um but I know on Instagram, he is, I am Alonzo Arnold. Um, his wigs are absolutely gorgeous. There's also the hair diagram. She makes wigs and she has her own line of lace glue to glue the wigs on yourself. Um, so I'm looking into taking one of her classes. She actually has a class online right now for 350 and you get to learn how to make wigs and apply them and stuff like that. So That's pretty cool. I like that. And again, like that would have been something like you definitely would have to know somebody. Now everything information is so accessible, but at the start of their careers, you would have had to like go and ask somebody like, Hey, can I learn from you? You know? Um, And now it's just so different. Information is so accessible. Um, Tokyo styles also does Cardi B, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I thought so. That that sounded familiar. Um, Okay. So my next question for you is going to be, how is it now being back at work doing hair with everything that has happened and is happening? What's it like being behind the chair again? Oh, gosh. It is definitely a good feeling to be back behind the chair. I absolutely adore my clients. I love connecting with people. 
Um, I think the only downfall is wearing a mask the entire time and not being able to um, double book in between because you have to have it's you have to have a certain amount of people in the space mm-hmm. and um, for a certain amount of time. Um, so there's no overcrowding. I can't like double book clients where normally if I'm doing a color application while he's processing, I'll you know quickly do a haircut, which is kind of okay for me only because I get to really have that one-on-one moment with my client. Sure. Like, she is my, she has all my undivided attention. Um, but there hasn't been really much of a difference. Sanitizing, cleaning, we were already doing that in the salon before. Yeah. It's just more excessively now. Um, but nothing's really different. I think that's what people maybe they didn't know or they've forgotten is that those kind of environments, um, not only like you as hairstylist, but us as makeup artists on my end, mm-hmm. like it's so important to be clean and hygienic right. and all of that because I mean first of all tools are touching multiple people you know multiple people are coming into the space I mean Mm -hmm. through just what I've always learned like you should always wipe down the chairs and stuff anyway you know right um because you just can't trust anybody but you just want to be clean and you know your hygienic practices reflect how you know serious I think you take your job so to speak if that makes sense definitely um well as you know I haven't been back to work yet I've done one makeup job um mm-hmm. since all of this for a girl actually her and friends were throwing their own prom thing oh, that's beautiful. yeah they were going out to eat that's kind of after you know things were opening back up um so that was kind of, that was fun um oh my god I can't believe I lost my train of thought on my podcast oh my god that's so crazy (laughs) um okay so if you had to pick a favorite extension application what would it be Hmm. that's difficult so we're just gonna throw away I don't want to say throw away we're gonna eliminate wigs because wigs is a hair piece. Sure. It is extensions. Sure. But it's, it's a hair piece. So as far as extensions go, there's microfusions, eye tips, tape-ins, clip-ins, sew-ins. Mm-hmm. Um, it really depends on what you're looking for. So I would say for me, I would do, I think for my favorite clip-ins, only because it's less tension on the hair. Sure. It's very temporary. There's not much tugging and pulling, um, and you can take them out, you know, as soon as you want. That's true. Um, Yeah, so that's what I would say for those, because when it comes to tape-ins, you when it really comes to extensions period you have to have a consultation with your client before getting them done because some people some people's hair it affects everyone differently so you know certain services affect everyone differently sure for me sew-ins don't work for me because I have dry scalp and I got to take it out within a week or so girl I Um, had a sew-in once it's it was First of all, shout out to Jennifer, who I used to work with. I mean, Mm -hmm. her braid skills are phenomenal. 
but and I love my weave okay I mean it was long and you've seen my natural hair so it was a little bit shorter my natural hair and thinner um Mm -hmm. I don't I haven't talked about too much but I have a long history of damaging the crap out of my hair okay cut like I mentioned color changing a lot when Mm -hmm. I was younger I had black hair for years and I finally one day was over it and just like bleached the crap out of my hair to get it out so I mean my hair's been a process and anybody who's been my stylist even you knows it's finally in a good place, but it's in a great place. Thank you. It's, it's, you know, been a work and pro I mean, years of work. Um, but I mean, I love that sewing, it, but it was itchy and it does get itchy. Yeah. And if the stylist isn't now like doesn't have enough knowledge, she can potentially create breakage on your hair sure which um, is worse than just dealing with your right. natural hair as it is exactly because it all starts from the foundation the braiding if you're braiding it too tight you're creating tension it's very uncomfortable for the client and you're creating possible hair loss because the braids are too tight and then you go in now and sew the hair with thread making it even tighter so that way it lasts sure and then not giving the proper aftercare to your clients i know some people who keep their sewing in for three months and they end up with dreadlocks so (gasps) three months it's three months no you're not supposed to keep that in for three months what is the typical time if you're gonna if you are going to do a sewing if that ends up being for I mean, I feel like we've progressed past sew-ins, potentially, but if that is Mm -hmm. what is the best option for you and your hair type and lifestyle, how long should that be in your hair? Um, So it really differs between each client. Some people's hair grows faster than others. Um, Also, some people have a different hair texture than others. Sure. So on average, I would say no longer than six weeks. Okay. You can keep it in for six weeks. And you could actually wash your sew-ins. Like, you can actually go in with shampoo and conditioner or shampoo and um, some conditioner and, like, really dig deep underneath the braids and try to rinse them. Um, But the only thing is, like, you have to make sure it's completely dry because if not, you're creating, like, mold and it's just going to be stinky if the hair is wet. So, um, but you could go about six weeks with a sew-in. Okay. And, I mean, realistically, products, as far as what maybe, I mean, I don't know, you're the professional, so you could tell me, but maybe what's available to the public has, I think, really come a long way, you know, as far as either low in sulfate, sulfate-free, you know, mm-hmm. what's really available. If you're using extensions and all of that, I mean, you need gentle shampoo for all of that. So, I mean, the whole industry, I think, has come so far. Um, And definitely, I think, not just for celebrities anymore, people with money and people to care for them. Now it's pretty accessible Mm -hmm. to everyone. Um, Okay, big question for you. What are your top five hair products? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, this is so hard. Okay, let's see if I can do this. 
hair products like available for the public or like hair products that I would use in the salon? Oh, great question. Um, or we could do both. Let's go with something that you would use as a stylist, but that's also available to the consumer. Okay, that's a good one. So let's see, as far as shampoo, I would go with, I'm going to say shampoo and conditioner. Um, I really, this is so hard though. Oh man, I would say I really like Matrix Keep Me Vivid Shampoo and Conditioner. Okay. Now it is a... It's targeted more towards like vibrant colors, the fast, the fashion colors, unicorn mermaids. Um, that's what it's targeted for. Keep me vivid to keep your color vivid. Mm-hmm. However, because it's sulfate free, um, and it also provides a lot of moisture to the hair, and it smells absolutely amazing. I recommend it to a lot of my clients because it's really hard to find a good sulfate free shampoo and conditioner out there. Um, so even to clients who don't have color in their hair, that's something that I could recommend. Okay. All right. What's next? We'll count those two as a one since they go together. You need shampoo. So okay. we can put those together. Um, two. This is hard. <laughs> so hard. Um, I'm going to go with... Um, Redkin's Extreme Mask. So Redkin, they have an extreme line, which is specifically targeted for people with damaged hair. It helps to repair the hair. Um, so for anyone with damaged hair, mechan- like mechanically damaged hair, um, or thermal heat damage, or chemically sure. damaged, um, this is something that works for everyone because it has protein in there. It's going to help strengthen your hair. However, what people also need to know is that too much protein is not good for your hair. Thank you it for mentioning not. that because I was going to touch on that. Yeah, sure. I I have to like always tell people because people always feel like I need a protein treatment. I need a protein treatment. And yes, you do. But understand this without anything really. Too much of a good thing is a bad thing. So too much protein is actually making your hair so strong that it's almost like a like a wooden stick, and then it just breaks. snaps. It just yeah. snaps, mm-hmm. and um, that's so. Really, when it comes to protein, you have to equal it out with moisture. If you're ever going to do a protein treatment and a moisturizing treatment, you want to do the protein treatment first because protein eats moisture. So what's the point of doing a moisture treatment then putting a protein treatment over it if the protein is just going to eat that up? Right. And you're totally, you know, it makes, you know, I haven't heard it put in that perspective, but Mm -hmm. it makes sense because I don't know how many people have done protein treatments, but like, you know, your keratin treatments that are real, like high protein. That's nothing but pure protein. Right. It, it's drying. It is. You know, and that makes complete sense to put, I mean, there's no sense in putting like, you know, a super, a hydrating mask on or shampoo and then using a protein conditioner and then people are like oh this product doesn't work you know it dried my hair out or it's this and mm-hmm. that was one thing so when I was a receptionist at a salon um we did a lot of product training we would have right. like brand reps come in we'd sit down in the mornings 
like hour, two hours and do new product training. And that was one thing I remember that what I, I would ask a lot of people about when they come in and be like, oh, my hair's so dry um, or it's breaking, it's this. And that would be like a point that I would make of being like, well, okay, that's great and all, but have you like put any hydration to it? I would start mm-hmm. there and see if that helps your problem. But yeah, I could see why you'd want to do the protein first because it does just dry your hair out. Even though it's putting good things in there, it's still just so strong. And if you're overdoing it, it's just going to keep breaking and being worse. Right. All right. What's next? Number three. You've got two. So number three. Number three. Um, I'm going to say Redken One United. This is a multi-leave-in treatment. It comes as a spray. It has multiple different um, benefits. It helps with shine. It helps with moisture. It helps with strength, um, detangling the hair. It's like a cream, but it's in liquid form. So it's not water. It's not alcohol. It's really healthy for the hair, and anybody can use it. Whether you have fine hair, whether you have thick, curly, coarse hair, um damaged hair healthy hair it's good for everyone i love that stuff i've used that as that's a like leave-in and it's great and uh, it even got the porosity for your colors oh that's important yeah that's important okay number four number four what can i say um so number four i'm gonna say cheese silk infusion Oh, okay. This is one of my favorites. This is like, this product is pure silk. Um, and it's under their infraline. I use it before the blow dries and I use it after the blow dries. It really helps to smooth out the hair so you get a silky finish. Um, it's also very healthy for the hair. Okay. It a lot of softness. It's just an all over good product. It's, you could use it, um, before the blow dry to help speed up the blow dry um, and to like really let those silk um, the silk product really just penetrate into the hair so it's really good to use before your blow dry but it's also good to use before flat ironing or after flat ironing to help with braids now I do have to admit I don't think I've ever used that and cheese hair products have been around a long time but I can't say that I I mean I can't remember everything I've ever used in my life but Mm -hmm. I don't feel like that's one of them but I'll have to look into that okay number five what's your last yeah a heat protectant so if we're gonna choose one gosh there's so many heat protectants out there ridiculous I'm going to say Gosh, Redken. I forgot which one it is. Because Redken has two heat protectants. Um, let me see if I can research the name. I'm trying to think. I've been sitting here racking my brain of what it... I, I can see what you're talking about. And they have a couple different versions. Because I use their like hairspray one. That's like a medium hold spray. But... 
that's not for everybody unless you're going to actually, like, use a hot tool. That's more of in the moment. Okay. So this one, we're just going to put it, it's probably going to be more than one product, but they're all good. So this heat protectant, everybody needs a heat protectant. I don't care what nobody says. You need a heat protectant. So ready? Three different heat protectants. Uh-oh. But I'm only going to talk about two of okay. them. Okay, your, your signal well, is going out a little bit. <laughs> so the first one is Pillow Proof yeah. Blow Dry. Can you hear me now? Okay. The first mm-hmm. one is called Pillow Proof Blow Dry. It's a blow dry primer. It comes out. Oh, yes, it spray. does. I've had that. I've that used dry, on And me. it also speeds it's up great. your blow dry. Um. That's my favorite product in the salon. I use that on everybody. Um, second, another heat protectant. So Redken has another two. One is called Iron Shape and one is called Hot Sets. One of them has like an 11 on the bottle and the other one has 22. So to understand Redken's products and these numbers, the higher the number means the higher the hold. So with hot sets, it has number 22, which means it has a higher hold than iron shape. Um, Both of them come out as a spray. I like both of them because it can be sprayed on before the blow dry and it can be sprayed on before the flat iron or curling iron. You do want to keep it inches away so that way you're not saturating the hair. You just want to mist the hair. Okay, I'll let you have those three as a tie since they have multiple. two products (laughs) that I would recommend. Okay. So, when we were talking about you coming on, you mentioned you wanted to talk about girls with their natural hair Mm -hmm. and oils and products that are good for growing their natural hair. What products do you recommend? What are some tips or tricks? Um, But, yeah, go on. Tell me what you want to tell everybody. Okay. So this wasn't strictly targeted to just natural hair. It was more so overall hair health. Um, But if we're going to like start off with curly hair, I would say that when it comes to curlier textures, you want to stick to creams um, because they're more oil-based. It's going to provide that hydration that your hair needs. Um. Sure. You don't want to use too much alcohol. Nobody, period, right. anybody. No alcohol for your hair because at that point you're just drying your hair out, um, which can create hair breakage and hair loss. Um, I know something else. Different oils. Coconut oil is a really good moisturizing oil, but okay. it's not something that really penetrates into the hair cuticle. It more so just sits on the hair cuticle. So that's really good, but <laughs> using it excessively, not so much, unless you want to have a greasy head, that's on you, sis. But um, really, when it comes to curly hair, everybody is different because everybody has different porosity. So basically, when it comes to porosity, it's how much moisture your hair holds. And you could be putting in all this oil, you could be putting in all this moisture, but yet your hair still feels dry. 
Right. That's really just something that your hair has issues with. And at that point, you just have to speak with uh, um, a skillful hairstylist to see what products we can use. Now, for what, any treatments aside that we can start from maybe doing genetics even out and hair, I, don't, I assume texture has somewhat of a play on that. But what goes into, I guess, either damaging the porosity or change altering it? And you did mention that the Redken product could help even it out a little bit so what does alter the porosity of hair Mm -hmm. um that's a good one a lot of things can honestly sometimes it's not exactly genetics or something that's on you naturally but let's say you go to the pool, that's chlorine. Sure. You go to the beach, that's salt water. Although it's cleansing, it's not always the best. Mm-hmm. Um, excessive heat on your hair, heat damage, that can be a cause. Um, coloring your hair actually plays a huge part when it comes to like bleaching, over-processing so, your color that plays a huge part in all very good things well. to remember when we're thinking about you know what we're doing to our hair and again I know my mom's probably gonna listen so mom I guess I should have listened to you when I was younger about my hair and just left it alone but anyway we'll move on um is there something you know now that we all have this downtime <laughs> What is, if you had to recommend, like, mm-hmm. let's say, hair therapy or treatment, what is one thing that we could all be doing to take care of our hair in this downtime that we have? Um, so I would say let your hair be free. Um, a lot of people have a tendency to keep their hair in ponytails and keep them in buns and stuff, but actually that creates a lot of breakage. Um, so if you want your hair out of your face, but like a loose I would braid. recommend like right. braiding it out of your face. That's something good to do. Okay. Um, any, yeah, like a loose braid, nothing tight. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing is while you have all this time at home and on Amazon, you can research satin pillowcases because satin pillowcases makes a big difference in your hair's health. Um, cotton, it draws out all of the moisture from your hair and it's not good. It can also create a lot of um, right. It creates friction as well. So some people, they end up you know waking up with matted hair because of the friction from the cotton pillowcase. So everyone should definitely invest in a satin pillowcase. Um, yeah, definitely. And then I would say to, as far as like just treatments for the hair, coconut oil is good. You could Mm -hmm. put some on your ends every once in a while to just keep them nice and moisturized. Yes, I Um, love, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's probably my favorite miracle mask. mask.
I was gonna tie that into like my no, top that's five totally products. fair. I, I have like, not used okay, the extreme mask, the but I'll say the, I, I feel like the extreme one but... is definitely targeted to a specific hair problem. If that makes sense, where like the it's a ten is a pretty good general mask that's mm-hmm. just really good for anybody. Right. Yeah. It's just right, great. It's, good it's just for a great product. And if with you've never tried the It's problem. 10, people out there listening, you know saying, so. it's great. I love their stuff. I was so, I mean, that's another thing I felt like Yeah, that, that's growing up. I mean, you're much younger than me, so it's a different time for you. But growing up, heat protectors were not a thing. And if they were, they were not as marketed or it wasn't. Like, when I would they go weren't. see somebody about my hair, nobody was talking about that. You know, it simply will condition your hair. And then, like, I'd right. be heat styling like crazy, flat ironing. I don't want to mm-hmm. say curling because I was definitely not curling. Definitely flat ironing all the time, every single day, which is not something I do anymore. But every day and just frying my freaking hair. Mm-hmm. Not even knowing I was really doing that or that there was even out there anything right. out there to help me protect it. I mean. So I'm actually going to, I, I completely understand everything that you're saying, mm-hmm. but I kind of wanted to go in a little bit depth when it comes to heat styling tools. Because I feel like a lot of people do not understand or have enough knowledge when it comes to that. So Mm -hmm. there are different types of plates. There are ceramic, porcelain, and titanium. Um, All across the board, ceramic is good for everybody because it's an even distribution of heat. It doesn't get too hot, and anybody can use it. I love ceramic plates. Um, flat irons. Titanium now is more so for people with really kinky, coarse, curly hair. Um, it gets extremely hot. So I would never tell anybody who just walked out the salon with a full head of highlights or is a complete platinum blonde, she's not getting right. a titanium flat iron today. Um, or anybody with fine hair at that matter, because it will burn your hair which everybody off. that i talk to um, ever in retail properly. life and working um, with hair tools but, wants to turn it up all the way to the hottest setting mm-hmm. yes okay and i was gonna feed off of that i was gonna um go into that so when it if you're uh blonde you technically don't want to go past 380 degrees, and you're going to use a ceramic iron. If you are a blonde, you do sure, not want to go sure. past 410, really, because I know everybody has different texture, um, because like me with my kinky curly hair, and I'm a blonde, my hair is going to be okay with a 400 degree right. iron, but right. it will not be okay on someone else who may have fine hair texture. I have coarse hair texture, so I can actually take the heat. Um, but you don't want to go past 380 if you're like a platinum blonde all over. Um, 
you t- honestly barely want to go up to 450 either for the yeah. curly girls out there because honestly if it's more of a straight sleek look that you want the key is in the blow dry the key is really into the blow dry if you know how to properly blow dry your hair you're using the proper products you're using the proper brush um you don't have to apply as much direct heat with your flat iron so that's how I can get, yeah yeah that's how I get like my um if I ever do like any silk presses where it's some curly to straight they end up lasting for like weeks at a time um and their hair is still healthy it's because I knew the proper products to use in the blow dry and I knew how to stretch the hair and I curl you know pattern. I agree so when I, I have to was, much direct heat with I mean, when I was in receptionist, I would observe a lot, you know, the stylist working and stuff like that. And I don't know how you feel about this, but there's definitely a stereotype in the hair industry that people of certain ethnicities, if you will, are better at certain services. And... I wonder if mm-hmm. not. Well, sure. And I don't but agree. I also sometimes there's a stereotype, there's but a I never little something to that. Like, in the sense that, you know, maybe people who aren't mm-hmm. are fearful and like of working with that type of texture, or like maybe they're just lazy and don't feel like it. But it kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, in makeup, Mm -hmm. how, like, because I may not appear like the other person, I wouldn't know how to do something. And that always hurt my feelings because I'm like, no, I am here to serve everybody. I'm the kind of person Mm -hmm. who wants to be able to service anybody who sits in my chair and prepared for anybody who sits in my chair. And I don't think it's very fair to exclude somebody, but I would understand. I mean, I hear the same stereotypes of because I look a certain way, I cannot, maybe I wouldn't be able to provide, you know, for this person. And that's crazy. Isn't it crazy? That's a little crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. It is crazy because, don't get me wrong, there are a lot of stylists out there of a certain ethnic group that don't feel comfortable doing hair of a specific ethnic group. So, but sometimes it's really just lack of knowledge. They're not scared. They just don't know how to properly do the service and make sure you're both satisfied. Um, But it's also lack of knowledge to the client as well. You know what I'm saying? You can't exactly judge... A book by its cover you know what I'm saying because okay so what she's of this ethnic group and you just assume that she can't do your hair and I'm gonna be honest I was that person sure. like I was like um I don't know if she knows how to do my hair you know what I'm saying but at the end of the day it's I wouldn't know unless I let her try you know what I'm saying so you can't exactly just judge the person because they 
Now, you know, I have another question for you, kind of in the same realm. But since I've never gone through hair school, in hair school, are you working mm-hmm. on multiple like hair Correct. textures, or is that a requirement, or is it more hours based, and it doesn't matter what kind of texture you're working with? I'm okay. actually really happy you brought that up because it honestly depends on the school right. that you're attending. Um, because when I went to school in Virginia, I'm not from here, I went to school in Virginia. Um, and I did, you know, when I was touring different schools, I saw that there were schools that mainly, I don't want to say mainly focused on a specific hair texture or um, ethnic group, but it was an abundance of a certain ethnic group in that school. And it was also the same ethnic group coming in as clients. Um, So, you know, me, I went to a Paul Mitchell school, absolutely grateful for the school that I chose because we got a lot of different clients coming into the door. And not only that, Paul Mitchell, they don't teach mm-hmm. um, when it comes to hair texture. It's not about ethnicity. It's not about the color of their skin. It's literally about their texture. And we're learned about fine, medium, coarse, straight, wavy, curly, and extra curly. That's how we look at it. And that's how, because that was like um, pretty much drilled into my head my entire 11 months in school. That's how I look at everybody. I don't look at anybody as, okay, they're from this ethnic group. They're from that ethnic group. Um, I just look at their hair, and that's that. I agree. as a hairstylist, you're supposed to serve any and every people who comes into your door. It's the same as a makeup artist, and it's the same as an esthetician. So you have to be able to know how to deal with different types of hair textures. It's... I feel like a lot of people need to get it out of their head as far as, like, when it comes to the color or the ethnicity. You know, I just really don't feel like you could have said it any better because it truly is. I mean, you could be of any shade of color on your skin and have a varying hair texture, you know, and it's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy that, but, like, I also get maybe why people would mm-hmm. maybe gravitate to somebody who looks like them, you know, um, or sure. And like, Oh, well she has the right. same like type of hair. I it's do, just for their or, comfort. you know, so she'll know how to manage my oh, hair. And I get that. And I definitely feel that that right. stems from not only feeling a little bit comfortable, but also like you'll get me but that maybe they've had a bad experience somewhere, you know, down the line. And I've heard that a lot. And I even had actually Mm -hmm. one of the first um, makeup applications I did when I started with our company was that she was for homecoming and beautiful young girl and I got done with the makeup and the mom said, I'm going to be honest. I didn't think you were going to be able to do it. And I was like, what? And that was really my first Mm -hmm. individual experience, you know, with that. And I'm like, 
really? And she was like, yeah, I really didn't think you were going to be able to do it, but she loved it. And she kept coming. The mom kept coming back to me as a client repeatedly. And if she's listening, Keisha, I missed the crap out of you. She's so funny. I've got to text her. Mm -hmm. She lives over here by me now. But like, I mean, to the point of like, I'd be doing the Mm -hmm. makeup the day before she actually had an event because I wouldn't be working the next day, you know? And she'd be like, okay, well, I'm coming in to have you put on my lashes and do my eye makeup and my brows. Wow. And I'm just going to sleep sitting up. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I can't guarantee anything, but that's on you. You know, like, if that's what you want to do, that's on you. But it kind of sucks because, like, you know, I don't feel like that that is something that should hold people back, you know. And it's crazy to think that it does, but it does. And, you know, I would never want anybody mm-hmm. uncomfortable in my chair. Really? Um, oh. And as a receptionist at the salon, I would get that a lot from, you know, guests mm-hmm. who come up and be like, well, does she know how to blow dry X type of hair? And I always had confidence and faith in the people that worked with me. You know, I would never, ever say like, oh, no, she can't do that. And I would right. also learn as the receptionist who was great mm-hmm. at things and who wasn't so great at things. You know what I mean? So you know the people to put them with. And not that those people wouldn't be mm-hmm. were like terrible or anything like that, nothing like that. But people have their specialties, right? Just like you said, you love specializing in color. You know, that's like your one thing that you're like, that's it that's my thing right there and you are really good at it that one redhead that you have Mm -hmm. that you just did her extensions after quarantine oh looks so good I don't Mm -hmm. I I feel like she's my favorite Amanda if you're listening Amanda this is your reminder for your appointment this is your confirmation call (laughs) if you're listening um, but I feel like that red though, <laughs> it's very pretty, but that's just, that's one color I haven't done. I've done a lot of colors, but that red is not, I don't feel like it's in my wheelhouse. I don't think that. Yeah, I think color, color is absolutely, it, I don't know. It's just something about color that just, it's, it's very creative. It turns me into an artist because. As a hairstylist, you have to look at the client and just feel, you have to analyze what looks good on them. You have to look at their face shape, um, certain features on their face, their skin tone. Um, And I get a lot of clients or a lot of people who are just like, Dalia, how can you do all these colors? Like, I wish I was as brave as you or, oh, no, I won't look cute in that color. In all honesty, color looks good at everybody. Color looks absolutely amazing on everybody. It's the type of shade or the tone of color that determines. So it is. Yeah, my redhead, she's fire. Like it's literally a fire engine red. But let's say I put that on someone else. It doesn't complement their skin. But let's say I did more of a deeper red, like a wine burgundy red. It complements their skin. Because I have a client and she did, she's more like a, um, She's tan. She's like brown skin, but not as dark. Um, the fire engine red isn't exactly ideal for her. 
but the burgundy beautiful on her so to people out there who are scared to try colors absolutely do it it's just hair it's just color it's not permanent you can literally just fix it um now but anybody can do color it just more so determines if you could make my hair color anything but blonde what would you make it okay Like, if I sat in your chair and was like, okay, you, Dahlia, hmm. this is it. You just do whatever you want on me. I'm tired of being a blonde of any variation because, you know, I'm all over the place with its tone and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But if I was going to be, if you're going to do anything but blonde on me, what would you do? Well, I would first, in the consultation, I would first ask, do you have any plans on being blonde again in the future? I mean, yeah, that's a right great now. question. And so I do feel you like think in maybe two or three months time, that isn't ask enough for people. Okay. It's not. And it should be. Because if you want, because you're a platinum blonde, you know what I'm saying? And if I do a color on your platinum blonde, that I know is going to be hell to remove. Um, it's like it's we're then we're going back to before trying to get this color out. Um, but if it were a point where, well, if you do end up saying in your consultation that I'm tired of the blonde right now, but I do feel like maybe in two, three, four months time I want to be blonde again because we get clients sure. like I get clients where they go darker in the winter and they they're blonde again in the summer um so if it's like something like that I would more so okay. stick to pastels because pastels they end up fading right back to blonde anyway um but if you decide okay it's the summertime right now I'm like a level I'm like a platinum blonde or so but I think I want to be like a chocolate brown in the winter or so like that, then we could go towards the reds because a red is like a level four or five and um, chocolate browns do have red in it. So at least if we do do a red and we do a chocolate brown after that, they'll kind of, it'll help that chocolate brown stick. But you definitely don't want to go in with, um, go from a platinum blonde directly to a red because it's not going to last and it's going to end up pink. And I don't think you want that. If you, you might end up not wanting that. So if you wanted to do that, that's just something that I would suggest. Doing red to eventually be chocolate brown. But in your case, um, I think purple complements your skin tone. I also think fuchsia, like a pinkish purple complements your skin tone. Um, I think cool colors complement your skin tone more than warm colors. I don't see a red on you. I don't see an orange on you, nor do I see yellow on you. But I do see purples, greens, and blues. Um, Not exactly a green, but more of like a teal type of color, where it's like green and blue evenly mixed. Um, interesting a, a lot purple of, a lot of purple shades I don't think I've ever done a purple I mean aside from like a platinum tint yeah right like a tone yeah lavender I don't think I've, I've mm-hmm. never done purple that's I have like, done like, like hot pink like magenta pink um obviously I said I have black hair 
Oh, I did that just before. Shout out to Michelle. Hi, Michelle. I think baby pink will look nice. Honey. Stylist. Um, before I started years, years, years ago, and I did like a little hint of pink to where it was kind of like you couldn't really tell was mm-hmm. it pink, was it not pink? You know, I was kind of given an illusion, and then the hurricane came. Mm-hmm. Like literally two right. days later, so it just washed out by the time Aww. like I actually started <laughs> no you're good one of my favorite um sorry one of my favorite <gasps> oh. illusion colors is blue black it's something about that blue black that is just like the black is just so sleek and clean and just one tone and just to have that blue in there when you walk into well, the sunlight it's just like you did Kayla's that color that it, it was so pretty on her and it black. does just look I think the blue black which I did like once or twice but I mean I'm talking Thank like you. I was doing box dye so you know please don't kill me this was many years ago my younger days but there is something that the blue black just has like a bit more depth so it almost mm-hmm. always looks shiny and healthy does that make sense I feel like that makes sense. Like, it's just so extra. Yeah. Yeah, it's something, I don't know what it is about the color black. The color black, period. And then just adding that blue tint to it. um, It just makes the hair look so shiny because the hair is all one tone. And it just reflects off of the light. It's just beautiful. It makes a big difference, too. Like, I have a client who is, like, a brown and decided to go all over black, and for some reason it just made. Well, that's one thing I will also say is that more. I did try to be. It created brown a higher contrast for a little bit. So in my sense. lightening process back in the day, I did try to go more like a darker brown, you know. But I was in the process of trying to lighten things up. But I realized that I could be like a deep brown, almost black. But anything lighter than that in the brown family, to be honest, I looked sick. Like, I felt like anything that was too green in the brown. um, Yeah. Well, I should have been, but I think I I was like at a weird stage of an in-between and it was just pulling too green. I don't even remember what color it was or what, you know, was being done, but... It was a brown that just had, like, a hint too much of green to it. And on my yellow undertone, it just pulled too green. Like, I looked a little sickly. But, I mean, there is so much that I feel like a lot of people obviously don't really know about color. And I know you guys get this a lot, too. Just like us makeup artists, when people bring in pictures off Pinterest... Like that infamous Lauren Conrad picture of her blonde hair turned purple. I'm sure oh you've gosh. seen that a ton. That's like an ombre purple. Um, but the real picture is Lauren Conrad and she's blonde. And I mean, and a lot of people think also another misconception that they mm-hmm. can just take their like brown hair color and make it like bright red. Like, they're like, oh, if I just put this on here, it'll be like this, right? And I'm like, right. Um, no, that's not how that works. 
how I deal with the Pinterest pictures or any picture that somebody brings in. Um, I more so ask, what is it about this picture that <laughs> you like? I mean, that's fair. They think they're beautiful the and they think they if I get this hair color. Face. I mean, I think we've all, Honestly, I don't know, maybe it's just, just me, looked at a hair color and been like, oh, if I do that, I'll look like that. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you really have to go deep into it and say, okay, well, she has caramel highlights here. How do you feel about that? This is an ash blonde. Um, you just really have to use certain terms. You have to ask a lot of questions. Listen, if I have a conversation with somebody, I don't care if it takes 45 minutes. We are going to get to the bottom of this and come to some type of you know, agreement when it comes to your color and cut because you, you have to. At the end of the day, you're investing. The stylist is investing their time. The client is investing their money. You don't want to waste time. You don't want to waste money. So you really have to like sit there and talk to them. Um, ask them what is it that they don't like about the hair. What is it that they do like about the hair? Okay, I see that this is this haircut in the picture is a lot of layers, but you have fine hair. If I give you yeah. such layers like in this picture, it's gonna look like you have no hair at all. So you really have to like ask the right questions and if it ends up taking 30 minutes 45 minutes to an hour that's good because you'd rather not waste any time um hours doing it and then the client wasting their money or they end up not liking it because we get clients like that too where they absolutely love it and then they think about it and say oh i don't think i like it anymore and want to refund and and very important lighting is very um, important and i've seen a lot more of that going around you know, um, and I know as just like artists in general and people in general see color very differently. So what you may be looking at a picture and know exactly what you need to formulate it, but the client may think it's something entirely different where you see a cool blonde, they see, who knows mm-hmm. white or maybe warm or something you know where you you're formulating what you need for this color and mm-hmm. then they end up with something that I'm trying to like they just they expected something different you know but you look at it and you're like you're like I did exactly what you told me to right but then I've had clients like they're that. like, but that's not at all what the picture looks like. And you're like, right. And it's just the whole thing. Sometimes it can be a whole thing. That's all. It's all very important. So sometimes when it comes to the picture, I just look at um, anything that I ask the client. I say, oh, yep. hey. Because we get a lot of clients coming in talking about bio balayages. Balayaging is literally just a technique. That's all it is. Um, But I say, hey, a lot of the lightness is more focused towards the ends. That's more of an ombre. Do you want the ends saturated like this? Um, There's a lot of light around the face. Do you want some highlights around your face? Do you want, I understand that you might be seeing this and I'm seeing this. So what we're going to do is pull out hair swatches from the color book in the salon instead of looking at this picture. 
because this picture has may have a, it can possibly have a filter and some alterations in the lighting I don't know if it's natural lighting cool lighting or warm lighting so at that point I pull out um, actual hair swatches from our color book in the salon and I say in this picture this is what I'm seeing what are you seeing in this picture so that we can have some type of understanding because when people a lot of clients like a lot of blonde clients and blondes are just so difficult um because everybody sees something differently some people see white some people see goldilocks some people see cool um so you really have to dig into that aspect of like okay what is it that you see and as that's when the client that's when the um stylist steps in and says I understand that this is what you want, but my professional um, opinion, I just don't think that tone of blonde complements your skin tone. Because I have a client Mm -hmm. who, there was like this whole gray face going on. Everybody wants to be gray, silver, whatever. It looked terrible on her. She looked older than her age and she's 25. Um, she's still a beautiful girl, you get what I'm saying? But just that cool blonde was not it for her. But more of a warmer blonde where it looked um, gold, it better. It, it looked better on her. Um, so you really have to pull out other resources to really understand what it is that the client wants. So that way, I, I honestly, sometimes I just right. pick out the window like, okay, what is it that you want? What is it about this picture that you like so much? Is it the way that it's blending? Is it the fact that you can see some highs and lows? Like, what is what is it that you like? Because I mean, that's that picture, true. It because creates you're a right. Like, what editing has ends. been done to it, and that's what. Even with makeup, I have to do the same thing. You know, is that you can see something different in those pictures, and you can right. tell. Okay, this has been edited or you know, enhanced in some way. Um, I mean, girl, I've even had people bring me pictures of just a lipstick swatch mm-hmm. of a color and be like, what color is this? Sorry. I'm like, that I have no help. clue. Whoa. That doesn't help It's at this all. brand. Okay. But like, that could literally be anything it could be a special Mm -hmm. collection limited edition holiday you know it could be so many things and at this point you're right throw the freaking picture out the window and let's just find you something that's like it that's it plain and simple you know and a good thorough consultation on all levels is super super important you I mean yeah it's just, and and you're right, us blondes, we are picky and difficult. I do apologize on behalf of everybody that's blonde. It's safe. But, you know. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add? Is there anything don't apologize. we didn't touch on? Just when it comes to blondes. Yeah. Um... I think if we just touch, I'm going to feed back on blondes. Um, for one, do not apologize. It is honestly okay. 
but I think just for anything in general, whether it's color, blondes, extensions, cuts, yes, you did say that the consultation is important. It is very important. The consultation is probably the most important part of the service because you have to know what you want and the stylist has to know what you want. And believe it or not, sometimes we'll go to a full consultation and in the middle of the service, sure. like we'll have a clear understanding. I do what the client wants and for some reason they're not happy. What happens is that they change what they want in the middle of their service. Oh, yeah. Without they start seeing something you. and then they're like, oh, maybe I That's don't like happens. this after all. And they'll be like, that it happens a lot. Well, that too. <laughs> they look at more pictures. That's the problem. I think right. when you look at a lot of pictures, you're giving yourself too many options. And now you're indecisive. You don't know what to do. Um, but going back on blondes, I think for anybody who does want to be blonde, um, you definitely have to prep your hair for it. Make sure your hair is strong. Make sure you have um, a lot of moisture in your hair because the lightener can dry your hair out. I'm not going to lie to anybody on here. It can. It has the potential to dry your hair out if it's overprocessed and it can create breakage um, on both ends. Um, on the hair because you know, maybe the maybe the hairstylist stepped it on too long. Maybe the client was dishonest in their um, consultation. You know what I'm saying? Like, please don't be dishonest with us in this consultation because we're trying to help you. I've done, you know, blonding services and I asked the client, you know, have you done any color on your hair? It's like, no. Okay, I'm lightening her hair and all of a sudden I'm seeing orange. Ma'am, what happened? Your hair's not supposed to be orange. Oh, I did black box color like two years ago. Okay, that just that's still color. You get what I'm saying? Like you have to be honest when it comes to your blonde and consultation, so that way the the hairstylist knows what to prepare for. Um, that black box that is still in your hair. It's in the middle of the hair. The middle of the hair, the mid shaft of the hair, is the toughest area to really color because it's like the oldest. The ends ends up getting clipped off anyway because you know, they're porous, they're dry, it's time to get a haircut anyway. But the new growth, that's virgin hair, it lifts to no problem. But that mid-shaft, when it comes to past coloring, it's so hard to break through that. Um, so you definitely have to be honest in your consultation. And then when you're creating, or if you're looking at pictures, you definitely have to get a professional opinion as far as the tone of blonde. Um, right. People don't understand tone. They just say they see white. That's platinum, and they see like Goldilocks yellow. Um, there's three different tones of blonde. There's warm, there's neutral, and there's cool. And cool is not going to look on good on everybody. Neutral doesn't look good on everybody, and warm does not look good on everybody. Warm is almost like a Goldilocks blonde, depending on the level that you're on. Um, and then cool is more of your blue tints, purple tints, or slightly white. But um, I definitely think that you really do have to go in for professional um, advice. Go see I think a hairstylist. That's great. As it far is important. Yes, because I do think people best on you get a little 
yes i was gonna say overzealous but yes very excited about the change we go through breakups i mean in the breakup hair makeover is so real i mean you know listen i've got bangs that i'm still trying to grow out oh my gosh you know it really is that i cut all my hair off i mean that could be a whole (laughs) podcast is breakup hair. Oh but, my gosh, that breakup yeah. okay. hair is I'm gonna note that else. down. All right, breakup hair. That's a, a breakup makeover. We can do that. Is um our next one. That would be fun. We'll do. But yeah, it's so real and we'll get into a bit more of that at a later date, but I mean hair, man. It just oh, it is a lot. It's a lot. And for anybody listening during this quarantine, please do not use any black color because, or even attempt to do your own color. And I say this because a color correction is far more expensive and more of a headache than just doing that root touch-up or just doing that foiling service. Um, you end up... It's, it's, it's a lot. So... I understand that your roots are coming in. You have grays. Sis, I get it. Please do not get that box color. Please do not put it on your hair. Um, please do not attempt to do your own color either. Because yeah, if and you mess it up, your hair. you then have to charge Listen double to or triple to fix it. In the it just song. damages your hair. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Is that what it is? Box colors have metallic salts in there, which makes it very difficult to remove. Interesting. You learn something new every day, people. That's what it is. Something new. Metallic salts. Well, my dear, I will let you get back to your evening because we've been on this deal for almost, oh my gosh, over an hour now. So I so thank you for coming on and dropping knowledge for hair out there for everybody. Um, I feel like I've, I feel like we've taught some people some good stuff. Um, I'm so glad I got to see you when I popped in the other day, a couple weeks ago. I know I miss you too. I can't wait. I hope everything goes back to normal soon. Everybody, please just wear a mask and sanitize your freaking hands, wash them so we can all be together again because I miss people. I'm social and I miss people. So until then. Um, we shall meet here again for no. breakup hair no. podcast, and I'm I'm here for it. So I hope you have a great evening. Hey, Lilia, thank you for taking time to talk to me. To it. All right, my dear, you have a good night. Bye. That's cool. Okay, guys, I hope you really enjoyed listening to Daily and I catch up and chat about some great options for all different hair types and texture types. Please like, subscribe, leave a review wherever you listen. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and of course through Anchor. Please share with your friends. Um, I will share Dahlia's instagram handle on our instagram which is beauty deets pod so please give me a follow there 
There you can see product types that we talk about and get some insider info, extra tips, things like that. See you guys next week. Bye-bye.